and welcome to Stories of Scotland, a podcast about Scottish heritage, nature and folklore. I'm Jenny, a mountain of mischief. And I'm Annie, a high altitude rock formation lurking in the mist. Hmm. This week, we're exploring a very special place relating to fertility and childbirth. Located in the heart of the Cairngorms, which is a mountain range in northeast Scotland. This is a place of incredible tradition and folklore, so we'll be popping on our boots for quite the trek. Luckily, I've already got mine on, Annie, because I always wear hiking boots when recording. Really lets me get a good grip of the subject matter. But strangely, a looser grip on reality. (laughs) I'm so thrilled for this episode, because ever since we've discovered this place and the stories around it, we've been enthralled. Yes, and after we found out about it, we journeyed to this spot together in 2020, hoping for all kinds of blessings. So it's really close to our hearts and our hiking boots. Not only is it deep in the Cairngorms, it's also high upon a mountainside. And the mountain that it's upon is called Ben Yarda Sells Avon. Jenny, stop ruining my emotional bond with the landscape. Oh, come on, that, that <laughs> deepens my emotional bond with the landscape. <laughs> you're just a little mountain troll, Jenny. This is true. And the mountain you're trolling today is called Ben Avon, deriving from the Gaelic for river. Ben Avon sits at the head of the gorgeous and powerful River Gairn. But it's not really Ben Avon itself that we're investigating today. Ooh, is it the nearby child summit of Knapp a Chlerich, or the Cleric's Knob or Lump, as we would call it in English? You know fine well, Jenny, we are leaving all the Cleric's Lumps out of this. Yes, you have to join the Patreon for that content. Our destination is Clachvan, or the Woman's Stone. It's a truly magical place, steeped in ancient lore, and I really hope that in this episode we can convey quite how beautiful and unique the site is. But first, we've got a wee advert from our sponsors, and then we'll jump right back in to tell you all about Clachvan. The Women's Stone. A big thanks to our sponsors of this episode, Weebox, who managed to pack the joy and excitement of this beautiful country into a wonderful Wee Box. Weebox is a monthly subscription gift box that is designed to share Scotland with Scots and Scots at heart all over the world. Weebox select delights that are often exclusive or can't be bought outside of Scotland. It's a fantastic gift and great value for money. Plus, Weebox supports Scottish businesses, artisans, the environment and charities too, which are all things that we adore. Visit weebox.co.uk and use code STORY10, that's STORY10, at the checkout for an exclusive discount. Yay, Weebox! Yay for Weebox! Before we can cascade into the mythology of this land, let's tell you how we first came across a mention of this place. 
For some reason, Jenny came to me in hysterics. She was very entertained when reading the Scottish Mountaineering Journal because she'd found an article where a group of men failed to find the woman's stone. Look, Annie, it's not funny at all. The woman's stone is a very important part of the topography and with proper education and persistence, everyone should be able to locate the woman's stone when hiking. So to begin us, this is a short wee archive reading about Ben Avon and Loch Nagar on the first days of the year 1893. On the last days of 1892, Messrs McConaughey, Rose, Brown and Tough left Ballater for Inchrory with the view of celebrating the start of 1893 upon the summit of Ben Avon. The first morning of the year, however, did not open well. There was more than a suspicion of snow in the air when we made our start at 8.30am. Our first task was to tackle the spur of the enormous mass of Ben Avon proper. The ascent, fairly steep, presented no difficulty, as the snow was just of the proper consistency for walking, and we reached the top in almost exactly an hour after we set out. In the meantime, the mist had come down from the mountains with a steady, resolute persistency that boded us no good. From the cairn, we could not see 50 yards in any direction. Even the huge mass of Clach Van or Womanstone, which we knew were close at hand, could not be discovered through the dense white cloud. We had, therefore, reluctantly to give up our intention of visiting this rock, said to have been the goal of many an interesting pilgrimage in times gone by. As local knowledge was of comparatively little avail in those circumstances, we carefully took our bearings by map and compass before leaving the cairn. Oh, so they never saw the woman's stone at all? Nope. But to be fair to them, the woman's stone can be very hard to find when hidden by layers of mist and surrounded by snow. Well, fortunately for us, what isn't hard to find is the wonderful mythology of the woman's stone. All you have to do is listen. So this is the earliest version I could find. It's from a statistical count in the 1790s. There is a similar stone upon a knoll on ridge of Ben Avon called Miao Ganyev, or the Hill of Sand. It is near the boundary between Braemar and Kirkmichael. The lower face of the rock is about 20 feet in height, but the upper rises only a few feet above the surface of the ground. In the face of the rock and near the top of it, a space equal to two seats appears to have been cut out in the shape of an armchair. This stone is visited by pregnant women from distant parts of the country who believe the superstitious idea that by sitting in this seat the pains of childbirth would become easy to them and any other obstetrical assistance would be unnecessary. Wow. Big, big claims. Big claims. <laughs> I really enjoy the way that the writers are trying to convince us of the powers of this stone. Another source said that if women sat on this stone, 
that safety was theirs and they were immune from pain. As though this stone is handing out gas and air. I think if this was true, it might be recommended by doctors. I'm all for a magic stone, but I'm wondering if they are slightly over-egging this pudding. But we've had a little addition to the late 1700s account in the 1800s that suggests that the power of this stone might still have been in use. At the end of August 1836, the writer witnessed the cheering of 12 full-bodied women who had, that morning, come from Spey, over 20 miles away, to undergo the operation of sitting in Clach Van. Is it not a bit strange that they are describing the women as full-bodied, as though they are wine or something? I don't know. <laughs> I see I see it as like a big hiking woman. <laughs> What does that even mean, Jenny? I don't know, but that's how I see myself, so maybe I'm projecting. (laughs) (laughs) It's just quite a strange description, I think. Mm. So this is why it's called the Woman's Stone. Because sitting in its lovely, open, chair-like shape in the rock is meant to bring a safe childbirth. It does seem a bit extreme to me, though, taking a 40-mile round hike three-quarters of the way up a Monroe while pregnant to ask a stone for some favours, you know? Surely they could have just found one outside the village. (laughs) I wonder if there was a reason that they wanted to get away from the village, perhaps. Mm. I'm not sure. People kept calling them (laughs) (laughs) full-bodied. Nowadays, it seems very surreal. But let's remember that before modern medicine, birthing a child was a very different experience. There were no scans before birth, no epidurals, no medical technology to assist. And while there was medical information available, some of it was not the most reliable, and there was a lot of room for things to go wrong. These women would be well aware of the dangers they and their unborn child faced. They were doing all they could to try and ensure a safe and easy birth as possible. And if that meant going on a 40 mile round hike deep into the mountains in changeable weather, then so be it. Very true, yeah. And I suppose if your mother had done it with you and her mother had done it with her and so on and so forth for hundreds of years, I mean, the fact that you're alive means that statistically you're as well to give it a shot, you know? You made it, your mum made it, your grand made it, your great-grandmother made it. Seems to be pretty good stats so far. I have a little suspicion that it might just be about the exceptionally clean water that you can get in the mountains. And I'm wondering if they were saying that they were going on a 40-mile round hike and then just hiding out in a bothy somewhere. (laughs) Well, I'd be really angry then if I got the memo wrong and ended up sitting on a stone up a mountain in the rain. (laughs) (laughs) But I also found a couple of mentions of single women making pilgrimages to the stone in the belief that it would aid their search for true love. If I was in the 1700s, this is 100% where I would go to pick up women. What's that? 
You like hiking and geological formations? Huh, what a coincidence. <laughs> Jenny, this is a culturally significant place with multi-layered meanings over generational heritage. Yeah, it's like ye olde tinder. <laughs> I'm swiping left on that joke, Jenny. Um, and I do think that Clark Van is quite spectacular. You get away from the business of life and work, and you have time to wander. But also, just to be practical, 40 miles is a huge amount of hiking to do in a day. So I've checked some old maps, and there is a good few wee ruined shillings nearby that you can see in the mid-1800s. So it's very possible that these women would be using these shelters to rest in, maybe breaking it up into a two-day trip and therefore making it less arduous overall. Yes, I agree. I think it's much more likely that they would make the trip over several days even because there are rest places that you can see on maps that they'd be able to stop in. But still, it's an incredible distance and an incredible journey to go on. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking about this journey for a long time. And though I do think that women would walk up the mountain to the stone, it doesn't feel like the most important part. I reckon that getting time to stretch legs and spend some time in a beautiful glen is what matters. The excellent thing about having an important place at the top of a mountain is that it overlooks the surroundings in a way that grants them power. So many religious buildings have spires or towers to project the power of prayer. And Clach Van is one of the high points of the mountain, flooding the glen with its symbolic power. There is also phenomenal archaeology around Ben Avon, in Glen Avon, a wee Mesolithic bone point was found in a peat bog, indicating that hunters had been in the area around 7,000 years ago. Neolithic flints have also been found from about 5,000 years ago. So for thousands of years, people have come to this area to take what the bounty of nature has to offer. And so it feels like there's quite a potency to Ben Avon and Clack Van watching over generations of communities as they grow. And pregnant bellies as they grow. <laughs> the clack van is not just a standalone or sit-alone big seat on the side of a mountain. It is instead part of a larger geological feature called a tor. And what a magnificent tor it is. But, um, Jenny? Mm-hmm. What is a tor? <laughs> and why is this one here on the side of Ben Avon? And what is it about these stones overlooking the deep glens of the Cairngorms that has drawn women for miles around for hundreds of years? All great questions, Annie. <laughs> Mainly because the geology of Clack Van intertwines with its mythology and meaning. You see... The Clack Fan is part of the Cairngorms, and the Cairngorms are a mountain range with a very different character than the other mountains of Scotland. And this character, just like all of our characters, is a mix of nature and nurture. The nature of the Cairngorms was set between 500 and 400 million years ago, 
deep under the surface of two colliding tectonic plates. Usually, when two plates are driven together under unimaginable grinding pressure, one must go up and one must go down, and rock that was to become the Cairngorms was pushed down and down and down, until it became so hot that it melted and formed a huge magma pocket. And it is here that the real nature of the Cairngorm rock begins forming. Now that the magma is a hot liquid, it is less dense than the not-quite-melted surrounding rock, and so it rises, slowly, pushing and melting its way to the surface through progressively colder rock. Eventually, the magma cools so much that it can rise no further, and it's just a few kilometres short of the surface. And it's here that the pocket gradually solidifies. Under the ground, the cooling is slow, meaning that mineral crystals are formed over a longer time and are able to grow large and strong. And it's here, as it cools over thousands of years, that the nature of this rock is set in stone and a granite is born. After gestating in the bowels of the earth for a hundred million years, a coarse-grained granite is delivered to the surface, tough, resilient, uniform and whole. Its mother will be so proud. <laughs> and now time for the nurturing. Yes, it is. For the proud mother of this rock is Mother Nature herself. She stripped away the overlying rock and exposes the granite underneath, literally releasing the weight of the world from atop it. Then she brings various ice ages and carves steep-sided valleys through the granite, each glacier following the path of least resistance, which is usually through cracks that formed when the rock contracted as it cooled. Talk about making a glen out of a gully. Glacier's gonna do what glacier's gonna do, Annie. <laughs> and that's exploiting the few weaknesses in the tough granite and carving the spectacular Cairngorm Plateau that we see today. Despite the action of the glaciers, though, the hard granite plateau was not actually massively affected by the ice, hence why the Cairngorms remain a high mountain range and weren't ground down like all the other rock around them. Yet still, we have these curious rock formations that protrude from the surrounding bedrock, clear of the scree and the heathery scrub. These are tors and they are common in granite landscapes like the Cairngorms. There's a few theories about exactly why tors form. You know geologists, Sani, they can never agree on anything. But it's mainly to do with the granite being especially tough compared to the surrounding rock, meaning it cracks and faults a bit differently, and is thus less susceptible to erosion. While the surrounding bedrock is slowly ground down over millennia by wind, rain, snow and ice, the tors are more resilient. But in this exposed position, they too are carved by wind and rain. Mother Nature is patiently creating huge blocky formations that are at once imposing and gentle. Their edges are smoothed by the extreme mountain climate but they are not subdued by it. Instead, 
joints and crevices are hollowed out and nurtured into weird sculptures of nature. And it is one of these tours, in the heart of the Cairngorms, that Clach Van and the women who visit it sit. A big thanks to our sponsors of this episode, Weebox, who managed to pack the joy and excitement of this beautiful country into a wonderful wee box. Weebox is a monthly subscription gift box that is designed to share Scotland with Scots and Scots at heart all over the world. Weebox select delights that are often exclusive or can't be bought outside of Scotland. It's a fantastic gift and great value for money. Plus, Weebox supports Scottish businesses, artisans, the environment and charities too, which are all things that we adore. Visit weebox.co.uk and use code STORY10, that's STORY10, at the checkout for an exclusive discount. Yay, Weebox! Yay for Weebox! The tour that Clachvan is part of is so large that we wandered around it for about 25 minutes, plonking our backsides into every weather-worn crack and crevice we could reach, searching for the one that would have been the actual spot that these women sat in, hoping to bring blessings. With every smooth, derriere-shaped groove and there were many of them we knew it wasn't quite right too much of a squeeze to get to or too much scrambling and jumping to reach we were looking for somewhere that felt safe and comfortable for any shape of body to reach somewhere that, albeit was at the end of a steep long hike still felt welcoming and simple. Eventually, we realised that although we were on the biggest tour, size doesn't always matter, and a tad further uphill, in a smaller neighbouring tower, we found the woman's stone. And when we did, there was no humming or hawing. We were certain. This was it. It was easily accessible, sheltered and worn smooth. A huge bowl carved into the rock, perfect for cradling a weary woman and her growing baby. How did you feel when you sat in it, Annie? Bear in mind, I was not growing a baby at the time. (laughs) But we were both very much in need of a rest. But the stone seat is like a pocket of peace. The sides rise high and sheltered me from the winds and any of the sideways rain that was coming to us. You just got a feeling from it that it was an incredible place. I mean, it's the same feeling you get sometimes if you go to a very religious building or a very ancient place. It was very similar to the feeling you get when you crawl in a cairn or stand in a broch. You know, you're right, there was definitely like an ancient peacefulness to it. Mm-hmm. I've been spending a while trying to put this into words, and I'm not sure if I can. There's so many places in Scotland where the land feels seeped in sorrow. For example, if you visit a Clevens village or Culloden battlefield, 
feels like there's a dark lamenting or an emptiness. Yet at Clach Van, when I sat in the woman's stone, I felt a sense of completeness and a connection with the past that could only be built out of hope and joy. Our little coven were the only people we saw on the mountain that day, yet Clach Van never felt lonely, it felt full, and it was like invisible threads were connecting us to people who had made the journey before us. It felt like I was taking positivity from the landscape, that everyone who had been there before had left a little piece of the hope that they had in their hearts or in their bellies. And it was beautiful. My cheeks hurt from the amount I was smiling. And it was here, sheltered from the outside chaos of life, in this little stone womb of the world, the women of the Cairngorms would close their eyes, cradle their growing bellies, feel the cool rock all around them, and ask for a safe birth. What's really intriguing about Hlach Van is that though we know women made the journey to the stone, we don't know really anything about why this custom came about. It could be a religious pilgrimage with a sacred or spiritual meaning. It may have been considered to bring solace in a stressful, scary time. Or it may have been a rite of passage or even a challenge for women entering motherhood. It may have been all or none of these things. While we don't know exactly what these women believed, we know that the journey was carried out by generation upon generation of women. There's a pont map from the late 1500s which marks Clach Van. And I find this incredible. We don't know how long this site was travelled to, but we know it had significance to women for hundreds of years. And although we'll never know, and I find that secretly very frustrating, it is also amazing to have this really, truly beautiful and geologically significant part of a mountain as a monument to women, fertility and childbirth. If nothing else, it's a pilgrimage of hope, belief and perseverance. As these women were preparing to bring life into this world, they paid respect to the mother that births us all, nature. Ring, 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 ring. Um, Jenny, your mum just phoned and she said that nature didn't give birth to you. She did. So you could be slightly more grateful about it. Thanks, mum. <laughs> but so many cultures across the globe have mythology and deities that connect nature and motherhood. And for the people of this wee area, Clach Van is this relationship and it bonds them to the environment in a really special way. There's a sense of protection from the mother mountain watching over her children as they go through the cycles of life. I love that you mention the cycles of life because I found it fascinating when we looked at the mountain of Shehalion. It had stories of the mountain being a place in between earth and heaven 
a liminal space where a person could meet an angel in their final hours before death. And I think Clach Van is a balance to this. Another spoke in this wheel of life. Oh, that's very lovely, Annie. I like to imagine the woman finally reaching home after the arduous hike, putting their swollen ankles up and feeling safe in the knowledge that, come what may during the birth, they have the mountains looking after them. I think even if they didn't get all the way up Clach Van they would still feel the power of the glens, the beautiful clear water of the many springs, rivers and lochens. I say this because my gut just doesn't believe that if my body was pregnant, I would choose to make that hike. But then I am lazier than a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe I'm not the only person who would think like that. Maybe I am. I'm sure there are many a pregnant woman who set off with all the best intentions to reach Clack Fan, but, you know, stopped for a rest and just decided to... It was best for them to admire from a distance. And that's what's so lovely about the mountains in general, offering strength during childbirth. Because the hike definitely requires strength during whatever stage of life you're at. And I think this strength is reflected in the power of the landscape and the power of the legend. I've been thinking a lot about the granite tours and how they're such a distinctive feature on the mountain. I adore granite as a stone. It's so hard that granite was used by ancient people to make tools that were essential to them, that enabled them to build communities, to make art and weapons. In modern times, we more often see granite used in gravestones or exceptionally fancy kitchen counters. Even still, people are choosing this rock when they want something to be enduring. When we were researching, I phoned you up to ask you granite-related questions, and you explained to me that the Cairngorms are a massive pluton of granite. It's all connected. I think this is compelling, that Clach Van is a granite fertility symbol, connected across the mountains by this hard, resilient rock. Before the pregnancy pillow, you had to rely on the tough, strong and beautiful granite to bring you comfort. Clach Van is magical to see. It's all soft lines and hard rock. And I think it represents a lot of the journeys that the human body undergoes. Thanks to you, dear listener. We love taking these journeys into the mountains with you and exploring radical mountain women of the past. A shout out also to the Royal Society of Literature for supporting this series. If you'd like to support us as we make this podcast, you can follow us on all social medias, give us a five-star rating and a cheeky wee review. Some of your latest reviews have been so heartwarming. I I love reading them. It brings me so much joy. Um, So thank you all for your very, very kind words. You can also support us by joining our Patreon. We are almost at 200 Patreons, which is just amazing. Um, So I think we'll have to do a Patreon-only episode or a Q&A or something when we reach episode 200. What do you think, Annie? I think that sounds like an apt celebration. Mm. 
So thank you to our latest patrons who get lovely little bonus bits of content and are helping us get closer to that big boost of bonus content. Thank you to Lynn, Lisa, Stevie, Meg, Lisa and Cynthia. Thank you all so, so much. I like to imagine you patrons as one of the most awe-inspiring creatures in all of Scotland. I've thought about this a lot, and I think that for such an incredibly powerful place as Clackvan, we needed a spectacularly strong being. I've rummaged through some folklore, and none of it quite fitted into somewhere so special to me. And then I remembered that when we actually did go for this very long hike to Clack Van, our knowledgeable ecologist friend pointed to the sky and we saw a golden eagle and it was stunning. So eagles are considered one of the most mighty animals with wings that take them between the realms of earth and sky the mundane and the supernatural almost effortlessly. So I imagine you patrons making nests and keeping promises to folks who you find lost in the mountains to guide them back to safety. I imagine you also doing everyday eagle business after you've finished your magical eagle business, like baking eagle cakes and eating eagle spaghetti and going to eagle cafes to drink eagle tea and bowling (laughs) with big stones of granite. You said normal eagle activities. When have you ever seen an eagle bowling? (laughs) (laughs) They don't have the thumbs for it. Bowling balls aren't made for feathers. And then after your majestic efforts in helping warriors win battles against dreadful evils, Mm -hmm. you relax in your eagle jacuzzi in a Cairngorm lochen, and you Mm. drink your eagle mimosa or eagle rose lemonade, depending on your preferences. And you do your eagle bowling with your eagle feet, because (laughs) I thought that was really obvious, Jenny. I thought that was really obvious. All right. Yeah, actually, now you, now you mentioned it. That does make more sense with, like, the, the anatomy of a eagle and a bowling ball, to be fair. All right, everyone. Slangevar. Slangevar. What's this slangevar? You can't just change your catchphrase. It's a variation of slangevar. Slangevar, big slangey. You can't just throw that at me at the end of the We've got to talk about these things. It's like business, serious business decisions. <laughs> Let's remember that before modern menacing... Menacing? Menacing. (laughs) But anyway, Annie, if I were to make a statue out of you, I'd be sure to make it out of granite. Really, Jenny? You'd make a statue of me? Oh, yeah. I think that'd be great fun. I mean, it would probably take me the majority of my life to do if it were, you know. I'd have to learn to chisel. And granite's a very hard stone. To be fair, it's probably the worst one to try and make statues out of. (laughs) I'm heartbroken that you've offered me a statue and then you've just seized it away, Jenny. If you give me size dimensions for this, I could probably do like a like a 10 centimeter one. I could try. 
My girlfriend got okay. into chiseling for a while, so I reckon she's still got the tools somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny chisels. <laughs> I just wanted to be known that uh, you can make my statue out of Lewisian nice, and I didn't want to lie in case one day I do get immortalized into a statue and people think, oh, Jenny wants to be made of granite. No, I want Lewisian nice. That's, yeah, that's on the record, people. <laughs> oh, okay. It's self that we're investigating today. Which I'm happy about because you say Avon and I say Avon. Either way, the joke is still your da sells Avon. So <laughs> I'm going to keep calling it that so the joke works. 